Are you ready? It's time for the Hammered Sports Podcast. You heard it. It is time for the Hammered Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Gray, here with my co-host, Tom Abbey. Hello, everyone. Thursday evening this week, so uh, no golf preview this week, unfortunately, Tom. Um, last week we had some decent performers. Uh, Bubba Watson and Kevin Kisner both um, had decent outings. Bubba had a bit of a meltdown late um, that probably cost him a top 10 finish, but uh, nonetheless, uh, decent performance on our selections for the week. Um, this week, uh, we no picks for the Rocket Mortgage. Should be a fun event to watch. It looks like scoring is going to be extraordinarily low. Um, with a nine under on the books already today with Davis Thompson. Yowzer. So uh, going to be uh, probably in that that 20 under realm uh, by Sunday in order to win this thing. So a um, lot, of, lot of good names in the event, though. So I'm looking forward to scoping it out a little bit this week, but no wagers for me this week. Yeah, no uh, busy week as we're getting ready for the holiday weekend. Had to move this to Thursday, so we're ready to dive into some some football. Yeah. We're going to do some uh, NFL uh, fantasy running back talk tonight. Yes. Um, we're also going to talk uh, about the MAC and uh, preview the season ahead for the oh, for, man. for the MAC. Tom's having some difficulty over there. Um, so we'll talk about that. And uh, we're then we'll, we're just going to start the show uh, with a quick. Uh, glossing over of what's going on in the NBA and NHL playoffs. Yeah. Um, we have uh, Atlanta and Milwaukee playing a game right now. Uh, Milwaukee's off to a good start here. I think they're up double di- digits at the end of the first quarter. Yeah, well, they were up 20, and Atlanta cut into a little bit here, made a little run. Yeah. But uh, interesting game with Giannis and Trey Young both out yeah. with injury. So, And then uh, in the Western Conference, you've got the Phoenix Suns as your uh, – NBA Western Conference champions this year. Chris Paul dropping 41. Yeah. In the clinching game, so. Yeah, it's uh, definitely a departure from what we've seen with the super teams uh, making the runs in the playoffs. So yes. uh, kind of kind of fun to see something a little different in the NBA right now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, no matter who makes it, Bucks, Hawks, it'll be new y- young teams in the finals with the Suns and the Bucks, and Haw- Bucks or Hawks. So. Yeah, so I look forward to seeing who kind of uh, – you know who who's coming out on on uh, on top in the, that NBA series because I think if you get a Bucks Suns matchup, it's going to be really interesting to see how they try to defend Giannis, assuming he returns. Yeah, uh, which it sounds like he will. Um, I don't know who matches up well enough uh, to to slow him down. So and I think Drew Holiday can put the locks on on Chris Paul. So I like the Bucks in that series. Um, but conversely, if the Suns and and Hawks are playing. I I really like the Suns in that scenario. Yeah. So uh, NHL uh, Stanley Cup Finals. Lightning up two nothing on the Canadians. Yeah. So um, you know, you would think going into the playoffs that that's if these two teams were to square off, you would expect the Lightning to control the series, and thus far they have done that. So uh, we may have. Um, Maybe an anticlimactic Stanley Cup Finals yeah. here. Yeah, even uh, the game the other night was kind of close, but it, it seemed like the Lightning the whole time were in control and just yeah weren't getting their goals in. All right, so 
We are going to talk about fantasy football running backs. Tom and I have each ranked our top 20, and um, we'll kick it right off. Um, I'll start at number 20 here, Tom. And number 20 for me is Miles Gaskin, uh, running back for the Miami Dolphins. What a homer pick. Yeah, I put him <laughs> at 20th. <laughs> Uh, I just think that his workload is going to increase considerably this year. Uh, he may not get the short yardage carries. Uh, Malcolm Brown is likely to tote the rock in those scenarios, but uh, he showed the ability to catch the ball out of the backfield and be an every down back. I think that uh, this will be his opportunity to have a breakout season. So um, expect some more uh, opportunities for Miles Gaskin this year. And what do you have at 20, Tom? 20, I have DeAndre Swift um, out of Detroit. I think this team's going to run the ball a lot, yeah. knowing their coach, knowing their quarterback, knowing their weapons. Um, this is a volume play for me. I think he's a good running back. He's in a bad situation. Yeah. Um, but I think the volume of work he's going to get is going to lend himself to some, some really big weeks. Um, at 19, I have Miles Sanders, who infuriates me every season, but I keep putting him up there. Um, yeah, all the talent in the world inconsistently gets the ball. The team so up and down. But I, again, talent and volume. I'm gonna make the list. Nineteen for me is David Montgomery for the Chicago Bears. I see him as a a guy who I expected to be better when he came yeah. out of college. Um, Chicago has a problem with committing to the run. So they, to anything. Yeah, it's. <laughs> It's, it's a bit of a uh, an anomaly there because David Montgomery seems like the kind of guy that if you feed him the ball, eventually he's going to pop. He's going to make a play. So I think that Montgomery has the potential to have a good season, and that's why he makes the list here at 19. At number 18, I have DeAndre Swift. And, again, I think uh, Tom nailed it here. They're, they look to be a team that's going to want to run the ball and uh, shorten the game. And I think play action is going to be paramount for them. And in order to have play action, you've got to run the ball successfully. So I like uh, I like the opportunity here for DeAndre Swift to get a number of carries this season. Me? Yep. Uh, 18, I have Chris Carson, um, another one where super talented. He's on a, a pretty good offensive team, um, should get a lot of touches. But it's one of those ones where sometimes he's the guy and sometimes he's not. If you start him on a weekend, he's in a timeshare. It becomes infuriating to watch. Um, hopefully they get away from that a little bit. All right. 17, I have Josh Jacobs. Um, Josh Jacobs, to me, is very talented. He's on a team that has some explosion in the offensive side, but I'm terrified of what they've brought with Kenyon Drake, and I was just we, Kevin and I were just talking about it. The amount of money um, they've spent on him uh, on Kenyon Drake, that is, to bring him in. It's clear he's going to be part of their plan somehow. Uh, you don't spend $7.5 million on a running back uh, per year to not give him the ball. So Josh Jacobs, 17. Yeah, 17 for me is Miles Sanders. Uh, much like you talked about, he's a guy that feels like he could explode at any, any yeah. point in time. And he has one or two games a year where he does perform extraordinarily well. Uh, the rest of the season, he kind of no shows or you know he roller coasters that whole on team, you. Though, it's yeah, it's difficult. So Miles, I am, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm really excited to see like the Jalen Hurts, Miles Sanders. I mean, they yeah. can get really creative with that backfield, which may pump that number up. Absolutely. 
Um, so Miles Sanders at 17 for me. Najee Harris at 16. Um, I think this is an opportunity for uh, a guy that's going to – they needed a running back. They needed someone explosive. Uh, Najee Harris is a complete running back. He'll catch the ball. He'll be a three-down guy. That's why I like Najee Harris here to, to crack my top 20. I even wanted to put him further ahead, but – their lack of success in the run game last year and the question marks along the offensive line this year are the reason that I did not have him higher here. So Najee Harris at 16. At 16, I have Najee Harris as well. Yeah. Um, I love him as a player. I think he's going to be amazing running back in the NFL. He can catch the ball in the backfield. He runs. He's a violent runner, which I am always a, a fan of. Um, my big question mark is the offense as a whole. I'm not a big fan of the last couple of years of Big Ben, I think the wide receivers are interesting, but it's still unproven. Um, so how many touches inside the red zone will he get will definitely impact fantasy scoring. 15, I have Austin Eckler. Um, this guy is a guy who's like discounted every season, and then every season you look at the end of the year and you're like, oh, wow, he was a top 10 running back again. <laughs> um, yeah. Catch, catching the ball in the backfield is what this guy does best. Um, but he has turned himself into a very consistent runner of the football. Very, this super reliable. If you if you get a um, highly volatile running back and you need someone to pair with him, Eckler is yeah very good. Fifteen for me is Chris Carson. Um, his upside is so high. Can he stay healthy? Can he continue to have the big weeks? Um, he the lack of consistency is the big concern there, and the fact that they tend to just let. Russ go back and run around in the in the backfield instead of maintaining a, a yeah. run game. They do they run the ball a lot. They you know yes. no doubt about it. They run the ball a lot, but uh, later in the game they tend to fall in love with Wilson's ability to uh, make things happen. And you know it, it's just his injuries over the over the course of the last few years have cost him games, and it's hard for me to trust him enough to have him higher on the list here. Number fourteen for me is J.K. Dobbins. Uh, Baltimore, I think this is a year where he takes on the lion's share of the carries in Baltimore, finally. I think that, you know, his second year, um, you know, he appeared to be the best back in the backfield last year anyway. And uh, now I'd like to see what he can do uh, carrying the ball 65 70% of the time instead of, you know, 40% of the carries like he got last year. So, uh, give me J.K. Dobbins uh, at 14. At 14, I have Antonio Gibson. Um, this player is so much fun to watch, and I think this offense is going to be improved this year. Um, watch him run the ball, catch the ball in the backfield. They're going to have a few gadget plays for him, I'm sure. Um, really explosive player, 14 at 13. Um, one of the more talented running backs in the league who gets forgotten as well, Joe Mixon. Um Super talented, great runner of the football, very good catching out of the backfield. The offense um, will be hopefully improved. They put a lot of uh, effort into the O-line to keep Joe Burrow upright so he can distribute. If that happens, Joe Mixon will have a benefit of that as well. At 13 for me is Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Um, I think this is a guy who I wasn't super high on coming out of college. A lot of people loved him last year. Um, I wasn't super high on him, but he still had a very good season as a rookie. And uh, he you could see by the workload that he received coming down the stretch that he's going to be the guy in town. 
and uh, I expect him to improve on his numbers from last year, which were not too bad anyway. So um, Edwards Alaire at 13. Number 12 for me is Joe Mixon. Um, steady as a rock. Um, he's, he's a very, very solid player, and I, I expect him to have a, a very solid season uh, as the passing game becomes a bigger threat uh, with Joe Burrow and um, you know adding Jamar Chase to that wide receiver room. I think all of a sudden you you can't just stuff the box to stop Joe Mixon, and it's going to create more opportunities for him. So I like Joe Mixon here at 12. At 12, I, this is where I have J.K. Dobbins. Um, I think on this being the lead running back in this offense gives you a chance to be in the top 10, and so I put him just outside of it. Um, I would also be banking on him getting the lion's share at this point. Um, it remains to be seen, but it's everything I hear or – here everything i've read shows that he's going to be and then 11 that's where i have clyde edwards hilaire um you're on a great offense you're the lead running back especially with andy reed as your head coach uh, we saw all those years with shady and philly it can do wonders for fantasy so yeah. as he grows and able to do more and they integrate him more into the offense uh, the numbers could be crazy 11 for me is antonio gibson uh, i'm even a little higher on him than tom is here i think that uh He's a multi-tool player, a guy who could potentially break out this season. He showed flashes last year, his ability to catch the ball uh, and run the ball. And uh, I like adding Fitzpatrick to the mix here for yeah. him. I think that that improves you know, what, what he has um, and the opportunities he's going to have as a running back and to catch the ball out of the backfield. So, and with um, that defense, man. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I really like Antonio Gibson here. And at number, am I up still? Yes, right? Yeah. Number 10, um, I, have, I have Aaron Jones at number 10. Um, I have him down my list a little bit here. Again, concerns for me this year for Aaron Jones, he's, he's had a pretty heavy workload for a couple of years now. They've got A.J. Dillon there in the backfield to compete with him. I think that this makes, and they drafted a running back as well, I think, this year. Uh, I'm pretty sure. That uh, that had that's one of the concerns that I put in my mind here. So um, you know, for me, I think Aaron Jones might just get his um, kind of his workload reduced a little bit instead of being the the go to every single every single down. I think that they're going to potentially look to reduce that workload a touch, and um, you know, I I think that that's okay. He's still going to have a nice season, but. Um, yeah, Kylan Hill is the running back that they selected in the seventh round who I think could also come in and spell uh, periodically. So um, here I have Aaron Jones at 10 down the list a little bit. 10, I have Jonathan Taylor. Um, should be very interesting to see the Indianapolis offense here. Um, a great runner of the football, should be the number one back, um, should get a lot of carries. I think that they're going to go with the run first, play action pass with Carson Wentz. And that should be a successful recipe for that offense. And also another one that's on a very good team. Should get a lot of carries in the red zone. Should get a lot of carries in the fourth quarter. Um, so I have Jonathan Taylor at 10. And basically the same thing except more explosive at number 9 is Nick Chubb. I think uh, Nick Chubb is just awesome. He'd be even higher on this list if uh, it wasn't for his <laughs> running back mate getting some of those carries from him. But Chubb going to be on a very good football team. Cleveland should be very good this year. I mean, we're talking AFC championship game contenders right out the gate. Um, with the carries he gets, 
he should be very good, uh, very good for fantasy this year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, at number nine for me is Austin Eckler. Um, I expect a, a really good season out of him. The passing game is going to open things up for him further. He had a little bit of an injury issue last year that, yeah. that held back his statistics, but I think you can expect to see a healthy Austin Eckler this season and some big fantasy numbers from him. Uh, at number eight, I've got Saquon Barkley from the New York Giants. Um, injury questions, you know, coming back off an ACL tear. Um, how good is the quarterback? You know, so many teams focus on Barkley that uh, it, it's a big it's a big problem for him. You know what I mean? And he he's very explosive, very talented, all of those things. But coming off the the knee injury and the fact that I don't I don't really love their quarterback. I don't love the rest of their offense. So he's the he's the focal point of the defense. When you come into the week as an opposing defense, what are you saying? We've got to make sure that we take care of Saquon Barkley. So for me, that's why he's down the list just a little bit. At eight, I have Cam Akers. Um, Cam Akers, very interesting this year. I know he's getting a lot of love preseason. It'll be interesting to see how they use him um, in L.A., but I love his upside at this spot. Um, that offense should be much improved with Stafford throwing the ball down the field, which should open up more running lanes for Cam Akers. Again, another guy who had flashes last year and was starting to take off, and then he got hurt, um, which kind of derailed him a little bit, but very good running back. And then sevens where I have Aaron Jones. Um, you know, this guy's been a top five running back the last few years, but I have him down a little bit for similar reasons for Kevin. I think that um, he's going to – they're going to try to spell him a little bit to save him a little more for the end of the year. And it's still a little uncertainty about the offense with Aaron Rodgers. Yep. Uh, he's at seven now. He's going to fall like a rock if Aaron Rodgers is gone. And he might even move up a little bit if Aaron Rodgers stays. Yeah. He commits to playing, for the love of God. Seven for me is Nick Chubb. Um, you know, he's he's a guy who obviously is a very talented running back. Um, he's kind of just an early down guy right now. He's not getting the third down stuff, or he would be – in my top two or three. Um, his ability is really, really impressive. And as far as runners go in the NFL, I would take him probably second only to Derrick Henry in the NFL when it, when it comes to running the ball. <laughs> I gave Kev a sideways look because I was looking to see if he was going to put him above Derrick. But yeah, it, it, I mean, I, really, I'd have them one and one A. You know, I, 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 don't, I don't see a lot of difference there. Um, just Derrick Henry's so big. <laughs> Um, at number six for me, I have Cam Akers here. Um, Akers, you know, very talented young guy, um, getting an opportunity to have a, a really good quarterback that's kind of a gunslinger there, but his success is based around the play-action game, so they're going to focus on getting that run game going first. And uh, with Malcolm Brown out of town now, I think that uh, this is a chance for Cam Akers yeah. to step up and, and get more of the carries this season. Number six, I have Derrick Henry. Um, the best pure running back in the NFL, but for fantasy, he takes a backseat to guys who get big shares of passing games. Um, that's just something that doesn't seem to, to work him in. I don't know if it's scheme or if it's, mm -hmm. I mean, you kind of imagine he can catch. It's not that complicated, yeah. right? But it's just something they don't do a lot of um, that hurts them for fantasy. Five, I have Saquon Barkley. Um, I also hate their quarterback, but I love some of the additions they've added to the offense with Kenny Galladay. That should help open up some of that. 
Um, when you open up some of that, uh, that'll help Saquon get some running. Um, definitely going to take a look at his knee preseason and mm-hmm. see if this needs to be jumbled around a bit. But all accounts, he's uh, working out hard. No yeah. surprise there, right? So uh, when I built my list, um, I made a mistake. I left a guy off the list. So I I have two players that I would rank evenly at number five, um, and that's that would be Zeke Elliott and Jonathan Taylor. Um, each has their own uh, – Zeke Elliott, he has not been the same Zeke Elliott that we saw in the early part of his career. Um, but he's still an all-around back that has the ability to catch and run, and I think he's still an early selection in most fantasy drafts. Um, Jonathan Taylor, you're betting on the upside and the fact that they're going to, you have to expect a power offense there. And I think he's going to get even more of the workload this year, uh, after showing some big numbers at times towards the end of last season. Um, so number five for me, Jonathan Taylor and Ezekiel Elliott. Um, number four, did you do number four? Nope. Go ahead. Uh, four is where I have Ezekiel Elliott. I think that he will... I mean, you might be able to steal this one a little later. Um, I think he might get passed over with some injury scare. But this offense has the potential to be the number one offense in football with Dak back and all their weapons through the air, which puts him in prime condition to rip off big runs, contribute in the passing game, and have just a stellar. I mean, he's been very good through the air as a running back, very steady. Um, And then three, I have Elvin Kamara. Uh, this guy's a workhorse. Um, last year, I was so impressed with him running the ball. I think it was like you could see a lot of. Obviously, in college, we could see him run the ball really well, but in the NFL, it's been through the air. That's really he's made his hay. But last season, I think you could really see that he's able to do both, and he's able to do both at a high level. And I think you'll see more of that with the change at quarterback, whomever it may be. I think you're going to see more Kamara. I mean. If, if it's Jameis, it's probably going to be a, a thousand touches. Right. <laughs> and if it's um, Taysom, you're just going to see a lot of creative running. Yeah. Uh, four for me, Alvin Kamara. Yeah. Uh, I think that he's he's the lifeblood of that offense right now. There's been some question marks around what's going on with Michael Thomas and his attitude and whether he's a team player and all of those things. Alvin Kamara is a, a good, solid leader for this team, and uh, he'll be a part of their plans and a big part of their plans offensively. Everything starts and, and finishes with how well Alvin Kamara gets going. And he, whether that's through the run, the short run game or, or the short pass game or the run game, yeah. um, if he gets going, the rest of the offense starts to click and they score big numbers. Yeah, this isn't even a team that doesn't runs a lot of screens to him. They just organically check down to yeah. him and let him do what he does. Uh, number three for me is Dalvin Cook. Um, Dalvin Cook is a he was fantastic for me in fantasy last year uh, I was a huge fan of, of Dalvin Cook throughout the course of the season he he really carried my team throughout so um, you know he belongs up here at the top and it was really hard for me to choose between two and three um, so I, I ended up landing with Dalvin Cook here at three Tom I have Dalvin Cook at two um I think that that's the same same story, right? He's he catches the ball, he runs the ball well. He's on a team that loves to run the ball and throw big long play action bombs. Those are really good recipes for good running backs. When the long play action passes, it keeps the safeties deep, not not able to cheat. Um, and another team that 
you know, should be solid enough to be winning some football games. And then number one, I have Christian McCaffrey. I mean, if he's healthy, he's the best. He screwed me last year. Yeah. <laughs> so hard. Yeah. So hard. But he's he's still it. When healthy, you're talking about a guy who got 100 receptions at running back. It's nuts. When, can I go back to Dalvin Cook for a second? One of the things, sure. he had a ton of goal line touchdowns last year. Like, um, We'll see some regression re- from that. <laughs> yeah, receivers kept getting tackled at the one-yard line, and Cook would punch it in. So I think that some of that's <laughs> got to come backwards, and that was another reason that he fell below Derrick Henry for me at two. Um, Derrick Henry at two. Yeah, I have Derrick Henry at two. I think that uh, he, when he has a big game, it's as big as any. Uh, the question mark is, you know, can he continue that kind of production? I think that I think that absolutely he can, and um, I like Derrick Henry here at two and Christian McCaffrey at one, um, as he should be. He's the best all-around running back in the NFL right now. Um, not the best runner. Um, but his ability to catch the ball is so explosive, and uh, when he runs, he tends to avoid the contact very well, um, though the injury last year really significantly damaged a lot of people's fantasy season. So The one time I get the first pick on our, our big draft, I, yeah. I get it. I take McCaffrey, and he, he dies. Yeah. All right, let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back to talk about the Mac. All right. Be right back with you. We are back. One of us is in a better mood than the other. <laughs> Tom continues to be frustrated by these late-game collapses for the Atlanta Braves. They're Tom, killing me with a terrible bullpen. Craig Kimbrell's available. In my know. mind. In my mind. I mean, the dude's got a history in Atlanta. There's, gonna, there's an option on his contract for next year, too. So it's not like it's just a rental couple young prospects ship them on over bud <laughs> they gotta decide if they're doing anything this year it's that they've been just hovering a couple games below 500 so i don't know if they feel like they're ready to make a move they're too talented not to and their division is still wide open within there. within striking distance i mean they just hung a 20 spot on the metropolitans yesterday uh, that w- did lift the spirits a bit, but seems to be a little short-lived. We'll see if they can pull this one out late. Yep. So, all right. Let us, let us discuss some Mac football, Tom. Yes. And, you know, the Mac. Tell, tell us your feelings about the Mac, Tom. Yeah, we always talk about the Mac. The Mac is the best non-Power 5 conference to watch. Um Maybe even better than the the pack a lot of years as far as watching football. Yeah. You have classic football being played. These guys, offense, defense, right up there. Um, and the games are always competitive. The conference is always competitive. It's a blast. It's fun, you know. And, yes, they get – they get beat up by teams that are outside their own yeah. conference. But for watching their, their conference play, it's as fun as anything to me, man. There, there's so much joy in Matt Tuesday or Wednesday night action. Wednesday in, night action is great. In late October, November, uh, those games are so much fun. So um, let's kick it off. Who do you, who do you want to start with, Tom? Start with the Broncos. Western Michigan. Western Michigan. All right. So, you know, Western Michigan, you've got a team that last season uh, they went 3-3 three and three 
in 2020. Uh, big win against Akron, uh, beat Central Michigan, uh, beat Northern Illinois. Um, got beat by Ball State, Eastern Michigan, and Toledo. So, you know, not a totally uh, terrible season or anything like that. Um, Tim Lester is still there. Um, he's 24 and 20 in his four years uh, with the Broncos. They return Caleb Ellaby at quarterback. Uh, they've got, you know, a good number of receivers returning. Jalen Hall, Sky Moore is really, really talented kid. Um, and their entire offensive line, it looks like, maybe they might have to replace left tackle. It looks like they've got a freshman there on the depth chart. So a lot of good returning players here. And um, a team that I think, you know, projects probably in the middle of the pack in the MAC right now. Yeah, I'm a big fan of this team. I think uh, they have listed here. I see 19 returning starters total coming back. Yeah. Um, so you have a lot of um, experience. You, I'm trying to hear. Look here. There's one stand in particular. Um. They were plus 80 yards per game last year yeah, on average for the season. So um, definitely a team that's on the rise and hoping to capitalize on some, some really fun play last season. Um, They're non-conference. They play some tough opponents in yeah. non-conference at Michigan to open the season. Then they play Illinois State. Um, but then at Pitt. Yep. And then San Jose State before kicking off Mac play against at, at Buffalo. Yeah. So it's uh, San Jose State's a good football team now. Yes. So you've got three. The likelihood of this team being one and three going into Mac play is pretty high. Which is a great chance to bet them. Yeah. Yeah, potentially have a have a good a good shot early in the season. The problem is they play at UB, who we'll get to shortly, um, mm -hmm. which suffered a big loss in Lance Leipold. So. Western Michigan, I, you know, a lot of people project them to compete for that Mac West title, and I don't see any reason why they wouldn't. Um, yeah. But I, I don't see them as a uh, – this isn't going to be a powerhouse in the Mac this year. This is going to be a team that is going to be competitive, and you can potentially beat them as well. So um, where do you want to go next? Wherever. How about let's stay in the Mac West. Yeah, let's um, hit up all the Mac way. West. We'll go through the Mac West right now. Yep. And uh, let's go with – Toledo. I'm into it. So, Toledo coming off a season where they went 4 and 2. Uh their losses were by 3 points at Western Michigan and by 3 points to Ball State. So, you've got a team that suffered very m close losses. Um they do have to replace the quarterback here. Um and they've got a couple of options it looks like. And, uh, you know, Eli Peters is, is gone. Um, so he started 14 games over the past three seasons. Um, now it looks like Carter Bradley, um, who did start a couple games in 2020, uh, will be competing with Tucker Gleason, Daquan Finn, and Gavin Hall. Yeah. So there are four guys. It's completely up in the air right now. Uh, what's Phil Steele think? Did he, did he mention what his... Uh, his yeah, he is Bradley is the... Listed as the starter, um, so we'll see what that turns out. But really, outside of quarterback, everything else is kind of set. They have twenty-one returning starters total. Um, this is another. This is a team that I think could win 
the West fairly easily. I think they're yeah. they're off. This I mean, you want to talk about a fun team to watch last year, right? Put up some points. And you have, I mean, you had two losses um, by a combined six points last year. Yep. So Jason Candle's got this program rolling in the right direction. He's thirty-eight and twenty-one there uh, for the Rockets. So this is a team that I expect to compete for the the top of the division. You know that they, they return um, a team. That, this is a team that led the MAC in passing uh, at 325.8 yards per game last year. Um, they were second in total offense, but they were, you know, they were number two in total defense, uh, number two in rushing defense, number three in scoring defense. So yeah. that a lot of good positive things in the conference for this team last year. And they're returning all of that production on the defensive side of the ball, which is huge. Yeah. And with their losses, you had mentioned that there's two by three points. You had, at Western Michigan, which we just touched on, a pretty solid football team by a field goal. And then Ball State was very good last year by a field goal. Yeah. So absolutely a, a really good team here. Um, and we kind of started near the top here with these teams. So let's keep going with teams near the top. Ball State. Um, with Ball State. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Ball State returns Drew Plitt. Um, he's the all-Mac quarterback, um, fourth all-time in Ball State history. And, um, you know, they, they return plenty of production on this team. Yep. So how many starters did he have them returning? 20. Phil Steele has them returning 20 starters. Um, you know, the running back position will be a little bit of a question mark. Will Jones and Ty Evans are the two uh, leaders in the clubhouse to get the majority of the carries there. Um, but, you know, Plitt is a rock-solid passer. Um, he can take off and run when needed. And defensively, uh, this is a team that, you know, they performed pretty well on the, on the defensive side of the ball. Um, you know, number four scoring defense in the MAC, and number four against the rush. They did have some difficulty against the pass, um, which would be the the bigger concern. Um, but this is this is just what what seems to be a solid football team all around, uh, led by Coach Mike New, and and that's I don't. Uh, they don't flash to me the way some of the other teams do in the MAC West, yeah. um, but they they just know how to compete and win. I mean, they won the MAC title last year. Mm -hmm. They won their bowl game. They were ranked for the first time in school history at the end of the season. Yeah, um, a, a lot of positives going into here. Bringing the quarterback back really lends to some stability. This is probably the favorite in the MAC West just because of that. I think when you look at um, Toledo, they may have the more talented skill players, but the quarterback position being settled in Ball State gives them a bit of an edge, especially early on in the season. Um, they do get to play at Penn State, at Wyoming, and then they host Toledo at home. I mean, that's going to be a huge game right out the gate um, in Mac yeah. play. Yeah. Um, let's go to Central Michigan now. Um, the Chippewas. That's where we and, would go. Yeah. And uh, I, I'll tell you what stands out as much as anything here to me. You have uh, a couple of running backs that I really like in Lou Nichols and Kobe Lewis. Uh, and then you've got Khalil Pimpleton, who is just a dangerous multi-purpose weapon uh, that takes a bunch of handoffs, catches passes. He's an explosion waiting to happen every time he touches the ball. But the big thing for me is the quarterback change. You've got Jacob Sermon coming in as a transfer from Washington. Yeah, He was a highly recruited kid. Uh, Daniel Richardson really, you know, he made some nice plays at times last year. But I think Jacob Sermon gives them a, a, a big leg up if he lives up to his uh, to the potential that he had coming out of high school, and uh, 
this could be a surprise team for many people. This is one that I'll want to bet early in the season. Um, one of my favorite teams to bet early in the season because I think that they're going to be slightly undervalued. Um, I, I have high hopes for Sermon taking over at quarterback there. And they're going to take um, their lumps early as well. <laughs> yeah. At Mizzou, at LSU, two of their first three games. Yeah. So, you know, some of their – they should maintain their value a bit going into Mac play. Uh, so um, Jim McElwain is there as the head coach, you know, and he's he's getting – he's just getting the program under him. This will be his third season. Um, he's 11-9 and nine in his first two years. And uh, I have faith that he'll be able to get this this program rolling, and uh, I, I look forward to seeing what they can do here moving forward. Um, Central Michigan to me is one of the surprise teams in the MAC and potentially competing for the MAC West. And then we have the Eastern Michigan Eagles. Um, this is a team that Phil Steele's big on them. Um, improving this is an arrow up team for him as we're going through all of his stuff he talks about how 42 of their last 48 games either bet they've either won or been a one score loss yeah it's a long history of just grinding out games being there they, um, they had an unbelievable run of, of close losses for a period of time so yeah um and now they get ben bryant uh the cincinnati transfer uh looks like will compete with preston hutchinson for that quarterback job um Right now, it sounds like Ben Bryant's got a slight advantage uh, to win the job. So uh, that should be interesting to kind of see how that shakes out. Uh, but returning a bunch of starters on the offensive side outside of that. So um, you always have to like that. Um, looks like nine or ten starters on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah. And uh, defensively, uh, looks like they're returning uh, about nine starters on that side of the ball as well. And, uh, you know, this is a team that last year, um, they were they struggled on the defensive side, so they were 12th in yardage um, in the MAC, which is not good. Uh, <laughs> they couldn't run the ball on offense, which is not good. You, you need <laughs> you need to do those two things. So a a big thing for me is going to be can Creighton find a running game, and can he figure out what they're doing on the defensive side of the ball uh, to make some stops. So. Those are my concerns with the Eastern Michigan program this year. Yeah, their defense led a ton of big plays. Um, nine touchdowns of 24 yards or more in a six-game season. I mean, obviously that's more than one a game. That's not going to get it done in uh, major college football. And finally, we go to Northern Illinois, where uh, Thomas Hammock uh, returns for, I believe, his third season. I I, if he doesn't have a good year, I think that he's not going to make it to a fourth season uh, because this is a program that had a lot of success yeah. and they've really fallen on hard times in the last couple of years. So uh, they yeah. actually transfer in Rocky Lombardi. So many people probably know him from playing for Michigan State. Uh, he is going to be their starting quarterback this year, it appears. And yeah. a yeah. bunch of other starters are coming back. So 0-6 last season and a lot of games – got away from them yeah. um, when you look at the box scores a lot of them got away from them late it's one of these things where they hang around for three quarters and then just you know kind of fell apart and i think that's it's inexperience yeah. um so you'll see hopefully with a lot of returning starters and the new addition at quarterback um they can also be a little improved but they're on the tougher side mac west is definitely tougher than mac east um 
got a tough tough road ahead for them yeah it it's not going to be easy and uh we'll see kind of how things uh how things shake out there for hammock i think that another struggling season and uh we'll be looking at a change there uh at northern illinois so um let's go to the east now give me your give me your prediction for the west winner tom uh west winner hold on i just had my note it is going to be i think ball state i think uh they were really good last year they're bringing most of it back um, building off of what they did last season um, their slogan for this year is run it back yeah. <laughs> um, so you know rank 23 at the end of the season really want to build on that and kind of use that momentum to put themselves in a good spot yeah I'm, I'm, I'm gonna take a shot here with central michigan i think that they've the chippies yeah i think that they've got a chance to have a really good season i think that if sermon um, takes over and, and plays as well as I think he can, that everything else is in place for them to be very, very good. Um, so I'm going to go with Central Michigan. Um, on to the MAC East. Um, we can start with the defending MAC East champions. Um, that was the Buffalo Bulls. Yeah, go UB. And uh, unfortunately here, Lance Leipold did an amazing job with, yes. with UB. Um, he spent six years with the program. 37 and 33 last year they lost one game in the regular season um and that was a uh 38 28 loss yeah, to the Ball mac State game. in the mac title game yeah um they went five and zero in the regular season put together incredible rushing numbers you <laughs> lose gross yeah you lose jarrett patterson um, Kevin Marks is still in town, right? He hasn't decided to transfer. Yeah, no, he's still there. Yeah. They averaged 287 yards per game, yeah, which is just crazy. And I think their identity will try to remain the same here with a power run game. Um, what do you see there? Um, yeah, I mean, Marks is very good. He 741 rushing yards last year at six and a half a clip. They're still going to be doing the same thing, but. Um, when Lance left, he brought a lot of people with him. Ten players left behind him. Six of them went with him to Kansas. Uh, it's going to be tough. They actually have one of the f- – out of the MAC. they have some of the fewest returning starters. Um, so if, if, if they can keep it together and put up a good run, it will be very impressive coaching because they're changing the offense. They're changing the defense. It's a lot of moving parts in a small period of time. So you have to expect some sort of – backslide especially as great as they were last year yeah uh let's go to the ohio bobcats uh this yes. is this is a program that has uh you know had a had a nice run here uh under coach frank solich uh, former nebraska head coach found a home in ohio and uh has settled in there for 16 years this will be his 17th season with ohio uh Yikes. yeah pretty impressive right yeah um this is a team that returns a good amount, right? On the offensive side of the ball, you get a lot of the names that you would be familiar with in Curtis Rourke, Demontre Tuggle, um, Cameron Odom, the wide receiver. You know, a, a lot of good players returning on the offensive side of the ball. Um, they didn't have a tremendous passing game last year, but, you know, Curtis Rourke does a good job taking off when he needs to. He's kind of a, a dual threat opportunity there in the backfield. But Ohio always hangs their hat on their defense. Um, they had the number one scoring defense in the MAC last year, number seven nationally. Um, you know they're returning. It looks like 
uh, seven or eight starters on the defensive side of the ball. Um, yeah. So you've got a, a team that is strong defensively. They're going to continue to be strong defensively, and they've got experience on the offensive side of the ball. So if they can get something going in the passing game a little bit more than they did last year, um, this is a team that's going to continue to compete. Um, and, and likely with the, the issues that Buffalo is running into is probably the Mac East favorite. Now, uh, do we want to go to Miami or Kent State? Let's do Miami. We will go to Miami. Um, of Ohio. Miami of Ohio, indeed. It's a big, big difference. Coach Chuck Martin uh, returns Brett Gabbert at starting quarterback. Um, you know, this is a team that last season. Any um, relation? I think it's his brother. Right. I think it's Blaine Gabbert's little brother, yeah. They only played three games last year. Um, they beat Ball State. Yeah. Got rolled by UB. Got rolled by UB is right. And then beat the pants off Akron. Um, that that's a mixed bag right there, yeah. uh, for sure. Uh, on the defense on, on the defensive side of the ball, um, in their three games, they only allowed 126 yards per game rushing, which is pretty good, considering that you played against UB in that stretch. Yeah. Um, offensively, they didn't get a ton done last year. Um, it's hard to to judge a whole lot off of a three game season though. Um, so, you know, you, you got to look and see what's this group look like, you know, in, in 2000, let's see, Gabbert won uh, Mac freshman of the year honors in 2019. Uh, he passed for 2,400 yards and 11 touchdowns and, um, you know, they won the Mac championship. So is this team going to return to the form of 2019 after a, a very shortened season due to COVID last year? Yeah. And Gabbert was good last year when he played, uh, Four touchdowns, no picks, 384, completed 66%. Um, you know, very solid performance from him. He actually got hurt in the UB game, the one they got blown out in. So, yeah, um, very, very solid at quarterback. Uh, should keep them, you know, in the mix for a lot of their games. They have a solid um, schedule for the uh, East. They got UB at home. Uh, they have to go to Kent State, but. They got some winnable games at home there. And last year, in 99 pass attempts from the opposing teams, they got 13 sacks. So their sack rate was insanely high. Um, really and high. they return everyone from the front of yeah. that defense. So I would expect this defense to get after the quarterback and uh, continue to be tough to deal with. I think that uh, on that side of the ball, they're going to make things difficult for teams. So if Gabbert ends up taking another step forward, and, uh, you know, he's got the – the uh, genetic ability to you yeah, know, play some college football, play some, play some <laughs> serious college football. Um, this is going to be a this is going to be a fun team to watch. So I look forward to to watching Miami this year. Now, let's Kent, go to Kent State. This is my favorite team in the East. I'll just throw that out there. Um, Dustin Crum is electric at quarterback. He's awesome. A lot of fun. Their first game of the season will be crazy um, at Texas A and M. Um, John Lewis is doing a great job there now, turning that program around. Not that I'm saying they're going to go in and knock off the Aggies at Kyle Field, because that really just doesn't happen that often. But I think they're going to give them a game. I think they're going to score some points. Yeah? Yeah. It's well, going to be fun. That'll be fun to watch. You know, it, it it's, they could uh, lose their value quickly in the, yeah, in the wagering market if they play very competitively at Kyle Field. Yeah. 
So, uh, you know, and Texas A&M will be breaking in a new quarterback. You know, it could be, could be an opportunity for, uh, for Crum to really show his chops in, uh, at Texas A&M. So, yes. um, they averaged 606.5 yards per game last year <laughs> in, their, in their four games. They scored 27, 62, 69, and 41. The Braves just walk it off. They just had a very weird walk-off. Freddie Freeman lined one up the middle, hits the pitcher, and rolls out of harm's way with the oh bases goodness. loaded. What a way to win. We'll take him. So, uh, yeah, I, I expect this team to be really good. I expect them to be very difficult to deal with. You know, can Ohio slow them down when the defense, yeah. you know, defense against offense? That's kind of – those are the two teams – you know, squaring off for the Mac East, I think. Yeah, October 23rd at Ohio will be a big one. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, and finally, we have uh, the kind of the bottom feeders, if you will, <laughs> and I hate I hate to, to be so harsh, but Akron and Bowling Green have struggled, so let's talk about Akron. Um, Cato Nelson um, is the returning. He, he's the starter he missed last year um, because of an injury. Um, he's competing with Zach Gibson, who who got the starts um, while he was out. Tion Dollard um, is a very good running back, but ran into some legal trouble in the off season. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like he will be playing, but you know, you, it's concerning when you you have felony charges against you. And <laughs> yeah, um, not a good look. They start the season at Auburn, so uh, certainly a a tough test and these guys got run last year one in five and they had some huge losses the at buffalo lost 56 to 7 miami at home lost 38 7 kent state hung 69 on them yeah, western West michigan 58, 58 to 13 yeah. they they were getting blown out of a lot of these games so the good news is they're returning a ton of players yes. so i mean <laughs> If that's good news, maybe you, you want some fresh blood. In the there, good news is they get to play at Auburn and that, and then at Ohio State. So, good, good lord, good luck with those. Um, gonna be some rough outings there, I imagine. Don't mind the rustling in the background. I had a wild moth just fly down the back of my shirt. <laughs> I seen it. Gonna need a change of shorts now. <laughs> All right. Uh, finally. Is there as we're before we get to the last team here in Bowling Green, is there anything less worthy of a win than when you blow a save and the team rallies in the bottom of the ninth for you and oh, you I get know. that stupid win? Even though I know, anyways. <laughs> so Bowling Green, head coach Scott Leffler, I think Scott Leffler stinks. I'm going to start there. <laughs> I, I don't know why he's a head coach at the Division One FBS level, um, but he is. And uh, he gets – I only see about three starters returning on the offensive side of the ball. Is yeah, that right? Phil has four on offense, seven on defense, but the four has an asterisk because I guess someone who uh, looks like somebody sat out last year is coming back. Well, they were almost dead last in every category in, on offense last year, so maybe they needed new people in there anyway. Um, but, you know, as bad as their offense was, it wasn't as bad as their defense. <laughs> which gave up 310 yards rushing per game. Woof. Teams could just hand the ball off and run over them on every snap. It's It, it was a complete and utter embarrassment. Uh, this is a program that has continuously struggled in their games last year, 0-5. Here are their losses, 38-3 to to Toledo, 
62 to 24 against Kent State, 42 17 against Buffalo, 52 to 10 against Ohio, 31 to 3 against Akron. They did not play within more better than 25 points. Yeah. Of any team last season. Yep. 25. They start at Tennessee. <laughs> They're not going to win. They're going to lose to South Alabama. They play Murray State, who I think, I don't even know if they're playing at the FBS. They're not even playing at the FBS level, I don't <laughs> think. Um, at Minnesota, that's their, the start to their season, right? Woof. They could be. And then they get it, to play the MAC, who beat up on them last year. At best, one and three. And then they play Kent State to start out. <laughs> and then they play Akron. Okay. They're potentially a competitive game there with Akron. And at Northern Illinois. Potentially another competitive. They play the two bottom feeders early in the season. Then I expect them. I don't know. UB could struggle as well. So people might be surprised with the number of uh, games that they can compete in early on. But man, this is, was a stink, garbage team last year. If you were betting on them, you had to be miserable. Yeah, they they lost. Um... They did not cover the spread twice in the last three games with being plus 28 or better. Yeah. It's pretty it's, bad. Yeah. <laughs> just just a pathetic group, and uh, I don't I don't see any big reason to be excited about what's going to happen this year. So uh, it's a shame that a team is that not competitive. Yeah. Tom, what are we going to talk about next week? Oh, my goodness. Next week is going to be a blast. Um, so we're going to talk a little John Deere classic. It's always fun. Then we're going to talk a little top 20 fantasy wide receivers. Then we're going to have a little UFC 264. Yes, Conor McGregor is back. Dustin Poirier, part three. Going to be a blast. Gunner's going down again. Yeah. Yeah. I hope he puts up a better showing at least. That was yeah. rough. Yeah. Conference USA preview. Always a fun one. Right. And we start our NFL previews with the NFC least. Yeah. <laughs> the NFC East. Um, it's that time. Uh, we are at the time of the year where we need to start previewing these NFL conference uh, divisions. Yeah. So we can be on time for the start of the regular season. I can't wait, man. Today is July 1st. That means it's the last month without football until next year it's pretty incredible right we made it you guys we made it all we got to do is get through the rest of this terrible baseball season that i've been watching and you know yeah kev's cubs gave them a little hope early on and now they're just seven nothing in the top <laughs> of the first yesterday and they lose 15 to 15 to 8 maybe they scored some garbage run at the end it's like a milwaukee here is a Got a 17-point lead and midway through the fourth as they're trying to get the big 3-2. If you're 3-2, do you just automatically rest Giannis going to Atlanta and say, hey, well, we'll see you game seven if need if we, be? Yeah. Right? I would think so. I don't think that you would push him to come back for game six. Not as well as they're playing. They, they got 109 with six minutes to play. Especially if Trey Young is, is – uh, he's going to be hobbled, and you know they're going to try to put him out there. Even if yeah, even if he does play, he's going to be hobbled. They've got to try to get him out there if they can. So um be interesting to see kind of what the decision is with uh, with Giannis. I don't think that he'll play. Sons uh, are loving this. Yeah. 
beat each other up. Beat up on each other, guys. Right now, you're 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 loving it. You're either gonna have a uh, Giannis with a sore knee or Trey with a sore ankle. Right. Game on. They're in pretty good shape. Yeah. All right. That'll be it for this week. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back next week with a huge show. Huge. See ya.